Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is feelings. People want recovery, but they prefer it be pain-free. That is understandable, but unfortunately, identifying and feeling our feelings is a part of healing. Um, you know, I'm going to pause here. If, when, I, if I first wrote, when I first read this, and I didn't even know what feeling your feelings are, um, you know, it's like, why would I want to go through, you know, pain and difficulty? And, you know, what I've realized in, in the subsequent years of my recovery is um, pain is actually not bad and it's actually pretty efficient. Um, you know, there's the kind of pain which is just for me putting things in books, trying to figure things out. And then there's the kind of pain where, you know, you work with other people, um, you're kind of there for other people. And honestly, like, you know, I remember going to camps when I was young. And, uh, you know, as a kid, I mean, and uh, they sucked. <laughs> but I never thought they sucked because of the people. And so, like, just to kind of get through that pain, that shared camaraderie, and it just, you know, at this stage of my recovery fellowship, both in and out of the rooms is, is vital. Um, and also to remind myself, I don't have to pay people to help, you know. Paid help does work, but, you know, when I came into this program and I had nobody to share my deepest, darkest secrets with, or I would share, you know, don't go to the hardware store looking for milk. Um, you know, I thought that was the only way. And, you know, efficiency-wise, therapy has been highly inefficient. Um, you know, like a therapist isn't there when you need it, you know, and it just makes me realize that processing feelings and processing pain is, is you know, has been much more helpful and more rewarding. And in my experience, and speaking for me, um, the intense bouts, you know, the intense courses, you know, getting, you know, it just, it, it serves a lot of things, um, you know, and there was obviously with COVID, it was hard to travel, but I, I had a five day thing in August. Wow, two years ago and uh, late August. And then I uh, did something in June, the Hoffman process, which is, amazing um and uh you know i like to get three in three years uh, so you know maybe something at the end of this year would make sense anyways back to the reading feelings what are those as children from dysfunctional homes if we cried many of us were told stop crying or i'll give you something to cry about you know i didn't get that as much as you're so fortunate and you have no idea you have no idea how good you had it and it was like um yeah that's bullshit you know i'm a kid i don't need to know that kind of stuff and it's just like okay great you're teaching me shame and guilt at a earlier age because you know you don't know how to be an adult back to the reading and then you know obviously as an adult you know my lack of growing up was kind of using these back to the reading if we openly showed our feelings we risk being told we were stupid or that we'd never amount to anything you know it's funny because like i just realized now that the stuff i've gone through recovery and stuff i'm just m much more mentally tough than the rest of my family you know which i you know i thought it was the opposite when our parents fa fail to show up at our special school events for me as sports we learn not to show hurt or disappointment in fact i haven't done that even now and you know it's just not normal and it, you know especially because music was pitted against sports education was pitted against sports um, as I internalized the role of my parents, you know, I started prioritizing education and work. And the reality is it's a very small part of my life. And my goal is to make it a much smaller part of my life by becoming more effective and efficient. 
we learned not to show our hurt or disappointment. The more vulnerable we were, the more we were shamed. When we were verbally or physically abused, we pretended it didn't happen. Our broken hearts shut down. When many of us first came to ACA, we may have no idea how we're feeling. We've been shut down for so long that numb feels normal. Our tears are frozen. Opening up to our feelings seems threatening and scary. As we keep coming back, we learn to heal by developing trust in our fellow travelers. Yeah. This feeling of trust can lead to the opening of the floodgates, an expression of emotion that eventually feels normal. As we release our old pain, we, we make room for discovering how to play and have fun again. We open our hearts and feel joy in our lives. And, you know, that's been a challenge for me in recovery is how to have fun with people in recovery rather than always talking about recovery. And perhaps that's the next phase. We open our hearts and feel joy in our lives. On this day, I welcome all of my feelings, especially those that are unfamiliar and uncomfortable. I have the tools to work through them in order to mend my broken heart from childhood. Yeah, and the tools are, you know, talking to somebody, writing, non-dominant handwriting. At least these are the ones for me. Um, and just realizing that, you know, I heard something I really liked the other day is I'm not in danger, but my nervous system thinks I am. And I think, was it William James? I can't remember who, I think it was William James who said, we must make our nervous system our ally <laughs> instead of our enemy. And trauma, I think, makes it our enemy. The next reading also comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is codependence. We focus on others to avoid looking at our own behavior and fear. Why do some of us want to take care of everyone else so badly? Why do we get so incensed when we see others treated poorly, feeling anger and rage toward the perpetrator? Yeah, I always hate when parents, you know, I, and I, did, I didn't realize this, but I always really resented when parents would be yelling at their kids and just realizing, you know, making that correlation. I also realized that sometimes I go in, into the rescuer mode as far as like, I'm, you know, I need to rescue my parents' happiness. And that's not my job, actually. Um, you know, it's an inside job, but it's also really, that's a husband-wife thing, you know? Yes, we feel deeply that no one should take advantage of other people, but the baggage we are carrying from our childhoods often causes us to go beyond trying to help someone. We can blow things entirely out of proportion with our unresolved sadness and rage. In ACA, we learn that we cannot be effective in helping others until we deal with our own issues. We do this by getting honest about the true nature of our behaviors. When we fight someone else's fight, aren't we really fighting for that wounded part of us that remains unhealed? Wow. That really gives me the intention to just see, you know, what, what bothers me and what doesn't. And uh, when we feel their pain and hang on to it, aren't we really feeling our own childhood trauma? Often the best way to help others is to let them learn how to stand up for themselves. And the best way to help ourselves is to be aware of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah, intention is everything. When we focus too much on someone else's fight, we realize it's because we have unresolved issues. On this day, I will be clear about my motives before I look outside of myself to take action. Yeah. Am I looking at other people to learn and feel my feelings? Or am I looking to other people to get lost in other people's problems? And I think that's why the allure of being a coach or a therapist or whatever is helpful because you don't really have to look at your shit. The next reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is owning our power. Don't you see? We do not have to be so victimized by life, by people, by situations, by work, by our friends, by our love relationships, by our family, our feelings, our thoughts, our circumstances, and ourselves. We are not victims. We do not have to be victims. That is the whole point. Wow. Yes, admitting and accepting powerless is important. You know, 
growing up in a dysfunctional childhood and understanding that I was powerless for the effects that it caused me. Separation is that I can heal and I'm responsible for that part, which, you know, going from powerless to power. You know, I think that's the thing. I think sometimes getting lost in that word powerless, well, how do you get to power? It's when you get a higher power, uh, support system, a whole bunch of things. But that is the first step, an introduction to the business of recovery. Later comes owning our power, changing what we can. This is as important as admitting and accepting powerlessness. And there's so much we can change. We can own our power wherever we are, wherever we go, whoever we are with. We do not have to stand there with our hands tied, groveling helplessly, submitting to whatever comes along. Yeah, I think a lot of times with my ADHD, I'll do inquiries into people and then feel pressured to, you know, give, my, give up my time. And I think my time is really needs to be vigilant, particularly in the last next five months with play and self-care. There are things we can do. We can speak up, solve the problem, use the problem to motivate ourselves to do something good for ourselves. We can make ourselves feel good. We can walk away. We can come back on our own terms. We stand up for ourselves. We can refuse to let others control and manipulate us. We can do what we need to do to take care of ourselves. That is the beauty, the reward, the crown of victory we are given in this process called recovery. It is what it is all about. If we can't do anything about the circumstances, we can change our attitude. We can do the work within, courageously face our issues so we are not victimized. We have been given a miraculous key to life. We are victims no more unless we want to be. Freedom and joy are ours for the taking, for the feeling, for the hard work we've done. Today, I will remind myself as often as necessary that I'm not a victim and I don't need to be victimized by whatever comes my way. I will work hard to remove myself as a victim, whether that means setting and enforcing a boundary, walking away, dealing with my feelings, or giving myself what I need. God, help me let go of my need to feel victimized. And the final reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. I'm chuckling because the topic is letting go. And as someone who just recently made a pen to my parents, it's a lot easier to. Stop trying so hard to control things. It is not our job to control people, outcomes, outcomes as far as dating, circumstances, and life. Maybe in the past we couldn't trust and let things happen, but we can now. The way life is unfolding is good. Let it unfold. Stop trying so hard to do better. Be better and be more. Who we are and the way we do things is good enough for today. Who we were and the way we did things yesterday was good enough for that day. Ease up on ourselves. Let go. Stop trying so hard. Today, I will let go. I will stop trying to control everything. I will stop trying to make myself be and do better. And I will let myself be. And that concludes today's readings for Recovering My Inner Child. Till next time, this is Kowant Saluja reminding myself that I'm not a vi- that I was victimized, but I'm not a victim. That I can own my power, that I can pause, that I can use my tools, that even that I can feel my feelings. It's just a skill, and so is assertiveness. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.